Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. And today we're going to flip the script, and instead of interviewing our guest, Brian Haney, Brian had me on his show to talk about our five-step game plan to lower your lifetime taxes. We're playing just the highlights from my time with Brian on his show. So if you're looking for the full interview, head on over to the Haney Company Financial Guy podcast. We really dive into what you need to do each and every year to lower your lifetime taxes. So I had a great time, and you're gonna have a great time listening to Brian Haney interview me on the five-step game plan to lower your lifetime taxes. This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Start, start us down that journey and, and some of the steps that you take when you're talking to a client about you know, tax prep. Yeah, and when yeah. it comes to tax prep, I love how you use that phrase because tax prep is pretty much where people think it all ends. Right? Mm-hmm. They, and tax prep is really more of, let's gather your pieces of paper that recorded what already happened, and let's make sure all those pieces of paper get put on another piece of paper correctly. And of course, a lot of this stuff is online now. But a lot of people think that's what tax taxes are, and that's tax planning even. And so there's a just a few rules that I think people should uh, keep in mind. I'm, I'm gonna say the number one rule. Number one rule is to pay taxes when your tax rates are low. And when their tax rates are higher, you should try to defer taxes. Try to push away your taxes in a year when your taxes are higher, and try to pay taxes when your rates are low. That's just the, the general kind of starting point for everything. And when you are tax planning, and you're looking forward, you can plan that out because there aren't specific times, like you can't really say for sure, here's what my taxes will look like in the year 2030. But you can understand that there's a difference between the tax brackets when you're married and when you're single. Uh, There's a difference between uh, your tax brackets before and after you retire, before and after you hit social security, before and after you hit the required minimum distribution ages, before and after your kids leave the house right? There's, there's a lot of these before and after type of situations. And we really encourage you to be thoughtful on think through these and decide, okay, am I in a situation where my taxes are likely higher right now and will likely be lower later on or the opposite? And it's not like a, a one and done flip. It's not like your taxes are high until a certain point and then, then they're always low. Uh, we want you to think these different times in life where your taxes might be higher. Your taxes might be higher when you're 55 and 60 and making a lot of money and you got stock options. And then you retire and you might be living off your bank money. Your taxes are probably really low. And then later on, you turn on social security, you're forced out with these required minimum distributions, your taxes become high again. So be on the lookout and plan for and think through when will your taxes be low and when they are low, you have a choice and you can pay taxes on purpose, which sounds bad, but t- paying taxes on purpose on a low rate to save taxes at a higher rate later on is a great way to go. No, and I, you know, I really like how, you know, simple that is. And, and it lines up, I think, pretty effectively with the way a lot of people pursue saving, right? We see kind of, especially saving for retirement or saving for the future, but we we kind of see that as a time continuum, you know, where we're starting now and we're young and single and then we get married and have kids. So we, you know, we're, we're sequentially, systematically, however we're doing it, socking money aside for some eventual different season of life. Well, you know, if you also take that same approach, but look at 
taxation on a continuum. I really like how you you kind of line up these parallel tracks and the point that you made that, you know, there is a difference between preparing your taxes to get filed and actually having a strategy and being mm-hmm. thoughtful and taking a step back and talking to a professional, an accountant, an advisor, hopefully both to kind of put your heads together and start to say, hey, you know, since I do get to choose how I do this, you know, what are some of the things that I might be wanting to consider as I look out at that continuum? I really, really appreciate the way that you frame that. Now, if you start to go in, what are some of the decision metrics that you uh, find clients starting to to look at as you start to walk through that journey with them? Yeah. So remember the number one rule is to pay taxes when rates are low. Mm-hmm. And then there's another concept. I'm going to call it the number one concept for tax planning is this concept called marginal rate. And mm-hmm. marginal rate is either the cost or the savings of your decision. So if you make $100,000 and you make a decision on, do I do a traditional or Roth IRA for $5,000? The rate that matters is how much taxes you save or pay because of that $5,000 decision. What's happened in the past with the overall 100 grand you might make, which some people might call like an average tax rate, uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, the tax bracket you're in, that doesn't matter. What really matters, and it's a new concept that we uh, need to hammer at home with people, is that this idea is marginal rate. What is the actual cost or savings of this specific decision? So once you realize that you can kind of make these decisions uh, kind of in piecemeal away, like, okay, this Roth decision is a $5,000 decision. What's what's the cost or savings there? Uh, this decision of taking money from my brokerage account or from my traditional IRA, you know, that's another $10,000. Like, what's the, the cost for that? Uh, that income amount there. Once you realize those two, you can really start to go through and start planning out uh, your taxes. And I'll just talk really briefly about how how taxes are usually presented. Right, you go to the tax preparer and they say you make a hundred grand and you only paid you know eight thousand in taxes. And they say, guess what? You had an effective tax rate or average, maybe they'll call it average, whatever they do, of eight percent. And so you walk out thinking that your tax rate as if the government handed you a card that lasts for the rest of your life is 8%. And in that situation, you're basically at the top of the 12% bracket. And another way to say top of the 12% bracket is bottom of the 22% bracket. So you could have walked out of your tax preparer thinking, I'm an 8% tax person. And then you, you go make a decision on 10 grand and you, you pull $10,000 out of your traditional IRA or somehow you have $10,000 of taxable income. And guess what? You're actually we're at the bottom of the 22% bracket. That marginal cost of that $10,000 decision is $2,200. That's a 22% marginal rate. And you are gonna be blindsided on that. So stop thinking in terms of effective or average taxes, however they present it. Uh, the brackets almost stop taking of terms in uh, because you can move through the brackets. Top of the 12% bracket, remember, is bottom of the 22% bracket. It's that effective... I'm sorry. It's the marginal rate. See, there I go. I said it. Uh, <laughs> it's so I can't, you know, I can't blame you because it's uh, so uh, confusing. So it's marginal rate. What is this tax decision? And a good tax planner, a good financial advisor, should be able to help you through that. To say, hey, why don't you uh, do this? Uh, maybe you should, you know, if you're in the 12% tax bracket, maybe you ought to be looking at a Roth 401k. But then next thing you know, you've got a 
uh, a bonus, you've got a, a pay raise, you've got an inheritance, and it moves you to the 22% or the 24% bracket, well, maybe uh, that cost has changed and you ought to look at a traditional 401k. These are just kind of examples. These are things that people ought to be uh, looking at. And so we've got kind of a process we encourage people to go through. Uh, we call it our five-step um, plan for, for lowering your lifetime taxes because that's what can happen. When you plan, are thoughtful and plan out your taxes over your lifetime, you're not looking at last year. You're looking at this year a bit, but you're really looking at all the years going forward. And just following these five steps uh, should help you lower your lifetime taxes. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, use the number or spell it out, you'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening, and now for the rest of the show. No, I love it. So let's let's start to get into some of those and also kind of shine a light on things that I know even in that, um, you know, there, there's things that people, I think, commonly miss that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's surprising in some areas because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, that gets out into the media and, and, and yet, you know, it, it, like you're saying, a lot of times, especially if, if you're kind of human nature playing into, oh, my gosh, it's April 14th and I know this is due you're usually not maybe as thoughtful about getting things done. Now, I know there's a lot of people that definitely don't wait till the last minute, but, you know, having this kind of a framework, I think is really, really helpful. So yeah, let's, let's start to get into these five steps. Cause uh, I really like how you've, how you've laid so many of these things out. Yeah. So yeah. here's the five step plan to lower your lifetime taxes. Step number one is get a draft tax return before it's filed. So uh, what usually happens when you go talk to your tax preparer is they say, here it is, it's done, sign on the bottom line. Uh, and oftentimes they've actually already filed electronically, even though they shouldn't have, like they should wait till they get your signature, but they've already filed it. They say, oh, just, I need your signature on it. But get a draft tax return before it's actually filed uh, because there might be a mistake. And that draft tax return, that's gonna be a trigger for you to go to step number two, which is review with your tax repair what you can do to make differences to last year's tax return. Uh, just because you gave them all the paperwork doesn't mean it's uh, complete and it's good. Uh, there might have been a mistake, which is why you want to review it. But there's still some things you could do uh, for the prior year. Uh, the, the most common ones are going to be like a Roth or a traditional or a HSA contribution, uh, a uh, 529 college savings contributions. There are some things that you can do in the current year that affect last year. And it's all about that marginal situation. Uh, if you are someone that is $5,000 into the 22% tax bracket and you have the chance to make a tax deductible contribution to something, you know, whatever it might be, the traditional IRA or HSA, you might consider that because you might have loved the Roth 401k while you're going through at a low tax bracket of 10 or 12%. But then all of a sudden there's a surprise. You say, oh my goodness, I'm in the 22% bracket. What can I do? There might be some things you could do with those uh, IRA type contributions. So getting the t- draft tax return, uh, number one, helps you 
look for and find mistakes because there often are mistakes. A lot of tax preparers are, are helping out 500 or 1,000 people really quickly. I'm a member of the, the local CPA association. I was just at their golf outing talking with a lot of them. And they all were saying, as soon as like February 1st hits, they're working 80-hour weeks. They're working 15 hours a day, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. Like there are going to be mistakes. And so get that draft tax return. It's, it's going to help you avoid mistakes. But it's also going to be, uh, almost more importantly, that pausing point for you and the tax preparer to say, let's review this. Let's look at things like the marginal tax bracket. Let's find some ways that maybe we can change things. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I met somebody uh, just past year, and they're describing how they got into the Affordable Care Act a few years ago. And they said, oh, it's great. We didn't pay that much money for health insurance. We had health insurance. We were, we were so great. And then uh, my wife got a $2,000 bonus, and it pushed us over the edge, and we had to repay 20 grand, whatever that number was, a pretty big number. And they're describing what had happened three or four years ago. So it's too late by then. I said, oh my goodness, that is so unfortunate. Did your tax preparer let you know that you could have done a $2,000 traditional IRA contribution and not paid back the 20 grand in the Affordable Care Act premium? That's that's something they could have done. Uh, it was just kind of presented to them like, yeah, this is too bad. Uh, you you got to write the check. And so there's things that you can do oftentimes that will help you greatly for uh, last year. And if you don't look at the draft return before it's filed, you won't have that chance to to actually to do that, to save those big dollars. A lot of times it's big dollars that you can save just by thinking through and looking at uh, the, the return before it's filed. No, I think that that's, you know, it's such a simple kind of, as I interpret it in a more um, athletic, maybe sort of analogy, like having a game plan yeah. And a playbook. That's what really a return is. It lays out all of the things and the ways that, you know, the tax code is going to apply to you. Mm-hmm. And therefore, looking at it thoughtfully and strategically gives you these opportunities. I know there were several times when I've, you know, had clients forget things as, as significant as, as, you know, contributions they made to charity that you just were, were significant, but maybe didn't you know, remember they had done something in February of the of the previous year that was, you know, they went to some event and made some big donation and somehow forgot, you know, not that that happens all the time, but all these things, again, matter. And, and I really like, you know, use the tax return now for a purpose other than just giving the data to the IRS and right. making sure that they're happy. I think that that's pretty simple. All right. So we're changing the, the title. It's now the five-step game plan. To lower there you go. taxes. I'll do I it. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So step number three. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> step number three. Once you've already figured out with your tax repair, you're still looking at this draft tax return. You haven't even hit file yet. Uh, you want to review, say, okay, we looked at last year, see what we can adjust last year. That's step two. Step three is review with your tax repair. What can we do to make a difference this year? You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's you're still looking at this year's uh, tax return. It's maybe March or April. Uh, you've got a whole rest of the year where you can make choices with your Roth 401k or traditional IRA. You can decide to sell or not sell investments. You can decide and plan out your charitable deductions. You still have a lot of control for that current year. And some control ends on December 31st. So you do want to look at things in springtime of what do I need to do throughout the year to make a difference for this tax year. So that's number number three. But then step number four is before the end of the year. So now we're talking like October, November. So you already have like your spring review. You want to do a fall review. Look at last year's tax return again 
and actually you kind of project out what it would look like this year. You say, oh, I made 100,000 in salary last year. Well, you can look at your paycheck, right? You've got a paycheck that's covering nine or 10 months already, and you can project out and see you know, how close that will be, and, and maybe there'll be just some differences, and that might give you some thoughts of, oh, for the next month or two, I'll, I'll do a traditional 401k, or I'll make sure I max out my HSA, or, oh my goodness, I need some money, and my taxes are looking low this year, and so I feel like I should sell my investments and have the taxes hit this year, or I'm planning on selling investments in December, but oh my goodness, my taxes are projecting to be pretty high. I'm going to, I'm going to kick that out till January. You know, it's only a couple of weeks difference, but completely different tax year. So you want to do a, a spring review of that draft tax return and plan out what your coming year would be. But you also want to do a fall review of what this year's tax return is going to look like. Cause you still have some time before the end of the year to make some contributions to your 401k, to do Roth conversions and pay taxes on purpose to uh, pay taxes at a low rate and save taxes in the, in the long run. That's the uh, that's the four step is before the end of the year, project out what this year is going to look like. I like that. And I, I want to add to that because this is something uh, at our at our company, at the Haney company, do a lot of employee benefits. And, you know, open enrollment season happens for most people usually around the calendar year. And so um, that's always a really good time to be mindful of what are these types of things you might have available that your employer is providing to you? You already mentioned the uh, the HSA, the health savings account, but then there, you know, there could be other benefits like flexible spending accounts as well. And just being able to know, hey, I have all of these things as options to me. And if I can be really strategic and if I have this game plan that I can now look at, that should give me the ability to better maximize and be purposeful with these types of decisions, you know, I find, uh, especially anyone that has kids, you know, dependent care, flexible spending accounts could be absolutely critical because most of us know when you got kids at certain ages, you know that there are known expenses that you're going to be going into, you know, and yet if you know you're going to be spending the money, why not take advantage if you have the opportunity of something that'll help you come tax time? Yeah, you mentioned the agency. I really want to talk about that one right there because I, I imagine a lot of your clients learn this from you, uh, but we run into so many people that have not learned this at all. And that's the fact that an HSA is not totally an employer benefit. Like it's a, still right. an individual account. So, so many people uh, come to me and we're looking and they're, they're about to retire in the last year. And usually the last year or two of your working years are actually some of your highest tax years of your life because you've kind of reached the pinnacle of your career. There's things that are vesting and there's uh, options and stuff that are coming due because that's just the way it, that's the way it works. You're not going to be working there anymore. And so these things kind of come due. You pay taxes on it. And so we'll often say, this is a year to max out your traditional 401k. And some people get that. Actually, I'll, I'm going to put a pin in that one. I'm going to remember and talk about that next. But the uh, HSA, a lot of times people are signed up for like $50 a paycheck and their employer gives them like 700 bucks. And they do the math on that. That means like $2,000 has gone in for the year. I say, hey, look, you've got room for, you know, a couple thousand more, maybe even 7,000 more, depending on if they're married and over 50 and that kind of stuff. This is a big tax year. Why don't you max out your HSA and let's put some more money in? And they say, well, I've already maxed it out. I put $50 a paycheck and the employer put it in. No, just because you already put in from the paycheck. So many people don't realize that you can actually cut a check you can mm -hmm. put money into your own HSA and there's a yep. maximum that's different 
than what you put in through your paycheck and what the employer put in. And those maximums are, are fairly high. And of course, it's if you're below uh, 50 or not, but roughly speaking, um, you probably maybe know the numbers off the top of your head, Brian, but it's roughly speaking, like uh, 3,500 a person plus another thousand once you get over uh, 55. And so like that could get you to nine grand max uh, as, a, as a couple if you do it right and you meet the, meet the rules. But look up those, those numbers because it changes every year. And I'll tell you right now, it's, that's not correct to the penny, but directionally, that's right on. No, you're right. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because with all of these, you know, amounts and maximums and the fact that they have changed year over year over year, it, it, it is admittedly hard for us to just try to memorize them knowing mm-hmm. that I only have to memorize them for 12 months and then they'll be that's different. Exactly so it. usually we just keep our handy dandy cheat sheets around. Yes, I like it. You know, because that's... Uh, um, and by the way, knowing as many CPAs as I know we both do, I know that they have their own versions of that as well. So um, there's no there's no shame in in having to always check uh, to make sure that you got the right numbers. But that's right. But no, I'm so glad that you you did mention that because yeah, I, I think we certainly see this all the time, and we we absolutely encourage as many of our clients to to understand what it is to understand how it works, to understand that a health savings account is different than some of these other use it or lose it types of accounts, that the money that is in there, if you don't use it, you keep it and it grows and it sticks around. And frankly, you know, since, you know, as, as, as we come to, if we look uh, through the looking glass a little bit into what retirement years look like, one of the larger or one of the expenses that tends to grow is health-related expenses when you're retired. So it can be hugely beneficial to have money in an account that you can use specifically to offset and address some of those expenses. So yeah, it is yeah. it is it is an under-the-radar benefit that I hope uh, everyone listening to this will will see if they can take advantage of because it is it is very very important. Right, and I did mention uh, that I wanted to talk quickly on the four hundred one k. A lot of times when people are hitting retirement or just in general, they feel like the, the 401k is this, this spread out, you know, 10% out of your paycheck or something for the rest of the entire year. There's actually annual limits too. So we'll have people that retire in March or June. And I'll say, hey, based on what we're looking at, you should just max out, like throw 26 grand into your 401k. They said, well, I can't do that. I only do 10% a, a paycheck. Yeah, but you have choices and you're retiring in three months. You could literally put like nine grand a month into your 401k if you're retiring in the first three months of the year because it's an annual you know, contribution uh, amount. And there's often a lot of tax planning reasons, especially around the Affordable Care Act, where we see, hey, here's a great thing to do is to drive down your income in that final year, especially if you're retiring the first three months, first six months, right? You aren't working a full year. You can put basically your full year's worth of contributions of your 401k. You can hit that full year max in a short amount of time, you know, if you have the high enough income, you can max out your 401k for the year in the first three months or first six months. And that's often a good thing for people in their last year. Uh, I do like spreading it out over your entire year. If you're working the entire year, that's actually a great idea uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but your last year, if you're retiring quarter way through the year, midway through the year, remember you can max out the annual max of your 401k. You can stuff into there uh, in your last few paychecks. You can do that. And it's often a, a wise choice. No, yeah, absolutely. And again, just just like we see very, very commonly, it's it's about recognizing that you have these types of plans and just taking an extra step to talk through them, to see mm-hmm. them for what they are, to know that you can make critical strategic decisions that might seem small, but can have somewhat 
you know, healthy significance and be very consequential in terms of navigating a more effective tax experience for yourself. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I promised you a five-step game plan. I got to tell you number five. Number five is control what you can control and protect what you can't. That's one of our kind of values and philosophies uh, at our at our firm, Kyle Financial Partners. Uh, but control what you can control. You have so much more control over your tax situation than you think, especially in retirement. We, we described that earlier. But when you have that ability to control the tax situation, take that control. Spend more time reviewing and going through the first four steps of the, the game plan for lowering your lifetime taxes and less time thinking you can control the stock market or control the interest rates or control who the next president is going to be. Spend time controlling your own tax situation because you have that control and you can literally add up and calculate, here's the dollars it's going to save you over the next few years or over your lifetime. No, I, I love that. And that's and that's a, a great way to tie a bow on that. And, and again, I appreciate this five-step game plan that we walk through because it is, you know, again, they're, they're, it's simple enough that I think most of us can find a way to, to navigate it, but also it's powerful. And, it you know, when you see some of the metadata studies that are done in terms of the amount that that people spend over their lifetime in taxes or what we could also define as tax drag, to use a, a kind of a more investment oriented term, it can be pretty significant. I mean, it's, it's Uncle Sam is the biggest silent partner in all of our lives. That's and we right. just don't see him that way. He's the drunk uncle that only shows up at parties and hits you up for money all the time. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's, uh, let's find a way to do better when it comes to how do we relate to this uncle of ours. And I really think that, uh, you know, you've got a great process that, that helps a lot of people out. Let's, before we get too close to the end, what are some of the most common things you see people get tripped up on or, or are there any kind of mistakes you think people make that, that show up somewhat consistently that you've found? Yeah, I'm, the two I'm thinking of right now is just that the mistake, and these are kind of general questions or general answers, uh, but the, the most common mistake is that people think whatever always was will always be. So I'm thinking of um, my in-laws once, actually. They said, uh, we have a uh, home equity line of credit because it saves us on our taxes. Uh, we get to do the tax deduction. Uh, well, well, number one, uh, the tax law has changed in 2018. Uh, it doesn't do that anymore. Uh, number two, just having a home equity line of credit doesn't actually give you a tax deduction. Uh, borrowing the money uh, gives you a tax deduction. And who cares about a tax deduction if you're borrowing money at 5% and you're leaving the money in the bank at 1%? You know, the tax deduction doesn't help you out there. And so these kind of rules or, or thoughts of here's the way it was, uh, it might have been true during the way it was, but tax laws change. Uh, the interest rate environment changes, the investment environment changes. And so tax planning is just a continuous learning process. Uh, so that, that would be the um, the first one. The second one common mistake people make is just not realizing that tax planning exists. Like they just think that the only thing you can do with your taxes is gather up your forms, uh, take it to your accountant or tax repair. And perhaps if they think tax planning exists, they think that at that point, the preparer can work some magic and all of a sudden save taxes. You've got to plan it out. You've got to be thoughtful. You've got to control what you can control. And when you do that, that's when you can just save money over your lifetime, 
save money on taxes, pay the proper amount at the proper time. So those are the two biggest mistakes people are making. It's always fun being a guest on someone else's podcast. It really forced me to take some of the concepts we talk about all the time, but then summarize it in an easy to remember way, which is how we organized our ideas into that five-step game plan to lower your lifetime taxes we talked about. We're putting that game plan on our website, retirement-revealed.com. Thank you to Brian for inviting me on his show and thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning.